All right, here's the thing. I think I'm going to need to watch a lot more episodes of Andor before I can form an opinion on whether or not it's good. So for the purposes of this review, we were given the first four episodes of Andor. And based on those first four episodes, I have to say that it's a mixed bag. And I say that because, one, I'm not sure where this is going. And two, there is a tonal shift between episode three and four that is incredibly interesting and exciting and opens up the Star Wars universe in interesting new ways. But it is nevertheless jarring compared to the 114 minutes that we had watched previously. At the end of episode three, after we saw episode three, you called me up immediately and had a bit of a mini rant about the way episodes one through three had been delivered to audiences. But this is my problem with all of these shows. It's not just Star Wars shows. It's also the MCU shows, with the exception of She-Hulk, mind you, Mm. in that these TV shows don't feel very episodic. They feel like they were features that have been arbitrarily cut up into three, four, six, twelve parts because they need to fit the format of television. And the first three episodes of Andor are just the epitome of that. It just, if you watch them as a whole, which is probably why they are dropping the first three episodes at one go. I don't think that was always the plan. I think they were planning to drop the first two episodes, but then because of this one month delay, they've decided to drop the first three episodes, which is a smart move. Because if you watch them individually, and if you had to watch them week on week, it would have been an incredibly frustrating experience. Because episode one, doesn't really have a first, second, or third act. It just kind of ends abruptly in the middle of a flashback scene. And you're Mm. like, is that it? Like, Mm. there is no cliffhanger. The rising tension, the whole idea of a three-act structure actually plays out across three separate episodes. So each episode is one act. And in that sense, it kind of makes sense. But it defeats the purpose of calling it a weekly episodic series. Yeah, it defeats the purpose of calling it episodes one, two, and three. If your story is being told as one piece that you've broken up into three, why not just do it as one piece? It scares people not. What does it matter? But also, what's the point? Like, you have the streaming service. You are not bound by the strictures of television. You can have episodes run as long as you want or as short as you want. You don't even have to have them as three episodes. And if you felt that this single opening gambit for Andor's story had to be told in 114 minutes, tell it in 114 minutes. And look, Battlestar Galactica did it very well over two different shows, right? Even Stranger Things did it in the last season. And mind you, that was a bit overwrought because there was a lot of filler in Stranger Things as we spoke about. And in that sense, these first three episodes of Andor don't feel that way. Mm. Like, I'm complaining about the structure of it, but I will say... They're very well produced, they were moving, and I was very interested as to what was going on. I just didn't like the way it was delivered to me. I will go back to what you were saying earlier about how I would need to watch more of this to to decide. I mean, it's not bad. I can see a lot of people falling out of this very easily because, number one, it's not a character from the main canons of stories. It's a lovable character from what ostensibly was already in itself a spin-off. So if you're keeping count, this is a spin-off of a spin-off. But 
this is what I had always been wanting from the Star Wars universe. I wanted more stories in the Star Wars universe. And, and that's why I personally really, really loved Rogue One. Because it told the story of a moment that helped the main Skywalker saga. It isn't anyway related well it's related tangentially but it doesn't have any of the characters from the main ones and i love that and as a whole looking back after watching four episodes and thinking to myself about andor the series i like where it could be going i like the setup of cassian andor i like the the setup of his story where he ends up and how he's going to get there I just feel like this show is doing that arrow thing of putting too much weight on flashbacks. I don't understand why. Well, we only get that in the first three episodes and I'm not sure if we're going to get that throughout. But in the first three episodes, those flashbacks are far too overwrought. Like, I still think the story within contained within those flashbacks that we see spread out across the first three episodes could have been done in 10 minutes flat and just moved on. Yeah, It could have yeah. been a prologue or something in episode two and we could just move on with it. Because I think my problem with those first three episodes is that it smacks a little bit of Solo in that I didn't need yeah. to know that about Andor. Like Andor, as we first meet him in Rogue One, is a very cool character. He is a ruthless character with a mysterious past and we don't know why he is. But you know what? Just like Solo, we don't care because he's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. I don't need the coolness explained. And and right. and pulling the curtain annoys me. And episode one starts off that way. He's ruthless. He's cool. He's supposedly on the hunt for a family member. We don't know anything about what's going on there. And he does something in that prologue that is... Jarring. Jarring. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Jarring's the right word. It's dramatic. It came out of the blue because here's a guy that you knew from, from Rogue One. Well, you know him from the end of Rogue One. There's a sweet moment where he's come come around to the mission of Rogue One and he's faced with essentially, I mean, fuck it, he is faced with death, right? So he's, he's a redeemed character in that one. And that's the guy you have in your memory. But in episode one, he's not that guy yet. He's the guy at the beginning of the movie. And I think what he does... Yeah, really jarring, really throws you for a loop. Which is kind of cool, but then the rest of the episode plays it a little weird. And Mm. we don't want to spoil anything, but you might get out drift when you watch it. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It kept leaving me with that question of, do we really need this? Because, you know, Rogue One is... Rogue One is an unfortunate movie in the sense that the second act of the film is so good, like the second half of the film is so good that it makes you forget how unruly the first half is. What happens in the first half is it is trying so hard to get to a breakneck pace that we don't actually see these people as a team. We just see them as highly skilled individuals who are forced to work together under extreme circumstances. And then the second half happens and you get one of the best space battles in Star Wars, period, and ground battles in Star Wars, period. Like, all of that is shot beautifully well and just done, like, it's just amazing. And then there's the Darth Vader bit that kind of just blows everything else out of the water, right? The second half of the film 
is so well paced that you never lose track of the moment, you never lose track of the story, you never lose track of your location within that, despite them cutting back and forth between space and the planet and the tower. And oh yeah, you're right. Absolutely. The problem with Rogue One for me, and I love Rogue One, but the problem with Rogue One for me was always that Vader moment. I'll tell you why. It's like fucking great, but it completely makes you forget about the emotion involved with Andor and Jin dying. Yeah. Like everyone, like it's the first Star Wars movie that really doesn't give a fuck about its heroes. Like, and I think it's great because there are real stakes. Like you're like, yeah. oh shit, these guys are doing a mission. They're going to sacrifice themselves and they're going to die. But then the, the, the fucking Vader moment happens and you're like, damn, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen in Star Wars. It's, and you just forget sucks. that it these sucks heroes the are gone. The room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right? really, I forgot that all that happens post the death. <laughs> yes. There's, there, there's more that happens after they die on that planet. And it's just like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like going into this, I wanted to see more of Ando because like one of the highlights of this show is Diego Luna. Like he's really good and super watchable and he's such a great actor and he's so charming. And all of the side characters that they've kind of created for this show seem incredibly interesting as well. We don't really, we haven't really got a chance to know them well enough, but that's why I guess we have 12 episodes. And then there is also hints at how the series is going to tell the story of the birth of the rebellion. So pre-Rogue One, we see the early years of Mon Mothma and all of this stuff. So I'm like, oh, cool. All of this politics and social class issues are going to be really interesting. We're introduced in episode four to a new element of the Empire that we've never seen before because we've only ever seen the militaristic side of them. Yes, if you've read the novels and stuff like that and played the RPG, there are all these other elements of the Empire. But for most people, nope, they've never been there. Yeah. Yeah, And this show does all of this stuff. Like this show, from what we've seen, does all of the stuff that we always talk about when we talk about Star Wars, which is, hey, the universe is so big. Let's move beyond the Skywalkers. Let's move beyond the Force and the Jedi yeah. and see what else there is. Yeah, And this show seems to do that. So that's the exciting stuff I was talking about with that tonal shift in episode four. But I'm just hoping the rest of the series doesn't, pull a solo with regards to how much it wants to explain Cassian Andor. I think that would be that would be the key. For me, that would be the key. I enjoyed episode four. I think the first three episodes dropping at once is just like, okay, here's your background on the character. But what happens after that is where they really make their sandwich. That's where all of that's going to come together. I want to like it, but the first four episodes leaves, I wouldn't say leaves much to be desired, leaves a lot of space for me to go, this might go wrong. With 24 episodes to tell this story, that's a lot of story to tell. And and I just found out this is set five years before Rogue One. So it's not a lot of time. These 24 episodes have to sort of essentially cover the birth of the rebellion, Cassian Andor joining... Well, actually, he doesn't join the Rebellion until Rogue One, so it's not even that. But the growth of the character of Cassian Andor next to the beginnings of the Rebellion. And I think that would be interesting. At some point, he's going to have to meet Forrest Whitaker. Because that's confirmed. Saul Guerrero is coming, which is interesting because I thought I didn't see enough of him in Rogue One. He dies so quickly. 
Noni dies so quickly, but his role is so small. He has essentially one thing. He captures these guys, then releases them. He doesn't do anything. Sure, you tell me there's the Clone Wars, etc., etc. Yeah, like you gotta watch him in the cartoons and all that stuff. Exactly. I I don't have time for that. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to that. Would this be around the same time as... This will be around the same time as Star Wars Rebels, the series. It should be. Should be that, that general timeline. This show seems a lot more grounded and serious and i'm oh, not yeah, saying that the other yeah. shows aren't serious i'm just saying that this show like tony gilroy doesn't seem too concerned with fan service or giving you luke skywalker or something like that in the first four episodes we've seen tony gilroy doesn't seem all that interested in the magic stuff either cassian andor's on a planet where people are they're blue collar workers right they work in a factory it's an industrial town you know that kind of thing it's not there are no beautiful vistas in this move in the series. Yeah. It's a time of war, rebellion. It's a very rough, dirty looking. It's not a time of war. It's a time of post-war. Yeah, you're right. War is not the right term because everyone is kind of feeling the choke of the empire. Yes. yes but no one it. is doing anything about it yet. Or there's only a small group of people who are trying to plot Yes. Against the Empire. Attempt to. Yeah. Yeah, Attempt to. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's that space after the Versailles Treaty and World War II where things were really shit and people were really suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And before the next war kicks off. Right. Yeah. And again, this is exactly the kind of Star Wars universe stories I want. I'm loving the setup. I am loving the timeline it's in. I'm loving that it is at an arm's length away from the Skywalker saga. I just wanted to get there. And episode four is a really interesting place for it to be at. And don't get us wrong, we are not the kind of people that don't like the slow burn. Oh, yeah. Because that's what episodic television is, right? I mean, the best ones play out like novels with clear beginnings, middles and ends, with character development... And we live for that shit. It's just that, and I can't put my finger on why, the first three episodes of this felt a little bit of a slog because it felt like we need to get this out of the way before we get to episode four. And I think that for me was the problem. I just think that I didn't think I needed it. I didn't need to know where Cassian comes from. Unless it comes back in episode eight, episode 10 later, where I go, oh, that's why Cassian Andor does a thing. But right now, as of where episode four ends up at, I don't need to know his childhood. Like, do we need another version of, oh, well, the Empire killed all of my people and family and that's why I hate them. No, we get it. Like, we've spent all of this time in the Star Wars. That we already we know hate the Empire, the Empire is we bad. Get it. We yeah. hate them, right? They're evil. They don't give a shit. They just want to kill people. Yeah, it's like the Nazis, right? You just say Nazi, got it, we're on board, let's move forward. We don't need the nitty-gritty background. Yeah. Unless you're Tom Cruise in Valkyrie playing a good Nazi and we're like, what? What's going on there? No, anyway. but see, then you need an explanation. You're right. But <laughs> where we are right now with this, what they're telling here, I don't need it. That's it. The other thing I did enjoy about the first three episodes, yet again, a new side of the Empire, uh, which we will... I guess let it take you by surprise. But the group of people that are hunting down Andor, 
that's interesting. The guy who takes it upon himself to kind of solve this murder and capture the guy responsible is not a stormtrooper or from the Imperial Guard or anything yeah, like yeah. that. It's a he's very different special. side of the Empire. Yeah. No, yeah. he's a fucking bureaucrat. And that's why yes. it's so great. He's not even a bureaucrat. He's a bureaucrat wannabe. He's trying yes. to make his bones to become the next bureaucrat, right? Yes. He thinks yes. this is but, how he but gets But he's there. also a true believer. Like He's like, oh, the system will fall oh, yeah. apart if we don't do yeah. something, right? Yeah, yeah. And I love yeah. how the the people around him are just like, it's fine. You're on, you're on a planet nobody gives a shit about. Okay? It's one death. It's okay. Sweep it under the rug. Let's all. I I don't want to have to fill in the reports. I love that. I love that, all of that, that stuff. Yeah. I really, really like. I just wanted more of that, right? Mm, agreed. I don't know how to rate this yet because I need to see more, and it's only X out of twelve episodes that we've seen. I mean, so, to be fair, this is four out of twenty-four episodes. Oh, that's you know true. I mean? It's four out of twenty-four because Tony Gilroy has said that. He's got this whole arc that's planned out and Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm have given him the freedom to do it. And to be fair, I have faith in Tony Gilroy. I mean, like he's the guy Hollywood calls into fix shit. Like he is uncredited on so many things because whenever a production goes wrong, they kind of call in Tony Gilroy. That, but also the fact that he wrote Rogue One too. So, you know. But but he directed Rogue One, essentially. He directed, essentially, yes. He was just uncredited, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm excited to see where the series goes. But my initial reaction is, wait and see. I'm not going into this like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. But if you're a Star Wars fan, you still have to watch it because it's fucking Andor. And he is one of the coolest characters, one of the coolest new characters to come out of the Star Wars universe in a long time. Don't judge it based on episodes one through three. Wait till four or five. Uh, And I think that's how I'm going to be judging it as well. Yeah. Andor drops on Disney Plus Hotstar Wednesday, September 21st. The first three episodes drop at once and then it will be weekly from that point. Let us know what you think once you've seen it. Are you on the same boat as us? Are you reserving judgment until you see more episodes? Reach out and let us know. Goggler MY, all of our social media feeds. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or drop us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Goggler Podcast.